0: Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church podcast. For more information,
1: visit us at wearradiant.com. Tampa Bay, are you excited that you are at church today? I want to welcome you here and we had an amazing amazing Exo Marriage Conference this last weekend with with people gathering from all seven locations together and renewing their vows and going to the next level in their marriage. And I don't think there's a better investment we can make in your relationships. So thanks for being part of it. My name is Aaron Burke, and I want to just take a second and greet all of our locations, our Clearwater location, and North Tampa had a big announcement this morning with Pastor Ryan and and Kirsten. We're so excited about what God's doing there. And then our uh, Brandon location, Heights, we'll see you guys tonight for the five. P.M. and then we got our St. Pete location online here at South Tampa. You look good today, South Tampa, man. And I'm really excited. We are in part two of a series we are calling Love sex and marriage, and there ain't no problems like relationship problems, and so I think that's why this is one of the the most requested and most shared series that we do all year long, and I am honored today to not be speaking by myself. You hear a lot from me, but today I have my beautiful wife, Katie Burke, is on the stage. There's nobody... Like Katie Burke, so they've all been able to hear a lot of my sides of stuff, so today they'll get a lot of the other side of it today.
0: Well, actually, it's interesting because we didn't realize until we were actually preparing for this, we've been married for 11 years, but we actually met 20 years ago, this coming up August, and so I think we actually have pictures. Yes, so let me
1: just tell you, we have little flashbacks of who we were, so let's just look. Okay, so this is us 20 years ago, all right, now look at that couple right there. And that was like a a, a normal day attire.
0: We wore this every day, I think. Yeah,
1: yeah. And then I I talked about it a couple weeks ago in a sermon where I bleached my hair blonde. And uh, y'all asked for a picture. And um, I'm your pastor. I love you guys. So um, we got a picture. There I am right there. (laughs) Look at that outfit I'm wearing. I don't don't understand it. But that was us.
0: I'm not sure. So it was... We met in speech class. We, it was not love at first sight for us at all. We weren't even friends in the beginning, but um, it actually we we were friends for a few years before we started dating, and Aaron talked about that a little bit last week, and then we dated for like a year. We broke up, and we were single again for maybe four years after that, four or five years, we got back together and we're married less than a year later. So we have been with each other through many different life stages. And so that's what we want to talk about today, singleness, dating, and marriage, because there are challenges in each one of these, but there's also good purpose if we do them well.
1: Absolutely. So before we get into the messages, I think it'd be fun. Let's just play a little game of just first impressions. So Katie, tell tell. Uh, why don't you start? Uh, we were in first speech class together. Uh, first impression.
0: Oh, well... Uh, it was <laughs> <laughs> we were at a very large school actually but everybody knew who Aaron Burke was but we didn't know him by his name he was actually the guy with the laugh there <laughs> so <laughs> I can even I was trying to dis- to do it I can't even do it if I tried it was like a mixture between an uh, air horn and then just a really loud wheeze or somebody does <laughs> but everybody knew it so you'd just be like you know, minding your own business on campus, maybe praying or just like eating quietly at cafeteria. And you would hear it and people would just be startled and alarmed. And it's like, oh no, it's just the guy with the laugh. So that was him.
1: Well, that's very nice my of you to husband. say. Uh, <laughs> I had love at first sight. Uh, no, it was not love at first sight either. We were in speech class. This was a, a nighttime class that we met each other in. And so normally people go to college to like meet their spouse. And so um, I, I met this girl, and obviously I was attracted to her, and I was like, she's real pretty, but I was like, she obviously doesn't want to get married, <laughs> because you wore, I think you wore, like, uh,
0: pajamas, I think. <laughs> to class. I just wanted to be comfortable. And I was like, man, she's
1: know, really, <laughs> down to earth was the word that I I was just.
0: like, I just want to be liked for myself, I
1: think. <laughs> well, uh, the Lord has transformed you beautifully. Um, so... <laughs> so <laughs> So as as Katie said there 's been multiple seasons, and our goal is that everybody is impacted in every location and so if you 're taking notes, write this down. We are a note taking church, so I want you to write this down we 're going to talk to you about succeeding in every season succeeding in every season so if you're single we're going to talk to you about that if you're dating we're going to talk to you about how to succeed while you're dating and if you're married we're going to help you get your marriage to the next level it's gonna be a fun time that we have together and i want you to know that god intentionally has you in the season you're in right now right now The, the scriptures are very clear it says for everything there is a season a time for every purpose under heaven. So every single purpose under heaven is for a specific time. So if you're in this time and you're frustrated, I want you to know that God's got you in this season and there's something you can get out of it. So instead of trying to get out of your season, why don't you try to get something out of that season and make the most of it. So one little encouragement for all everybody that's listening today is listen to this, is that there are no wasted seasons with God. So if you're frustrated with where you're at, just understand that as we go into these different seasons, realize that it's not wasted with God. God's got something for you in this time, whether you're single, you're dating, or you're married, that'll help you go to the next level. So let's start with the very first one. Let's talk about...
0: about singleness first. And you know, society very much emphasizes right now independence, individualism, and all that. But there is also a huge, almost idolization of romance. Even from childhood, we're told that we need to be looking for our happily ever after. And a lot of times people are made to feel like they're not really complete until they found this other half, this person that's supposed to complete them. And even church-wide culture as a whole often sends this message as well, where we're telling singles that our ultimate goal in life is actually to get married. And really, this is a very unbiblical message right. because the Bible tells us that while marriage is a gift, singleness is also a gift. Yeah. The Apostle Paul, who wasn't married, said this about singleness. In 1 Corinthians 7:7. he said, I wish that all people were as I am, which is single, but each has his own gift from God. One person has this gift, another has that. So singleness was a gift that Paul was very much proud of. And it was a gift that Jesus fully embraced on earth. And there was no one that was more complete than Jesus. So today, it can be viewed as a gift for those who are in it, even if it's just temporary.
1: Yeah. And part of this is that people come back to the very beginning where the scripture says, where God looks at it and says, it's not good for man to be alone. And I'm going to provide a helper for him. And many times people look at that and go, see, Aaron, God wants me to be married. And he wants to be married right now. And you're taking that verse out of context. Notice it says the word alone. It doesn't say the word single. Because there are seasons where God's called you to be single. Um, Singleness is about identity. It's about discovering who God's created you to be. But man should never be alone. There should never be a time that you're isolated, you're by yourself. This is why God's given us the community of the local church. That's why he's put you in that radiant group. That's why you're on that dream team, that we are always called to be in community. So if you are in a time that you are single, I want you to make the most of it. So the question is, is is how do we be successful in a time of singleness? And we're going to give you three ways. So give us the first one.
0: Yeah, the first is we have to trust God. We can know up here that singleness is good, yes, singleness is the gift, but we can still have a very strong desire for marriage, and and I want to be clear that that desire is not wrong. It is not bad to have that. A single person who is longing and waiting for a spouse is a symbolic picture of how we as a church are longing and waiting for the return of Christ when one day we're going to be joined with him forever. So there is beauty and there is intention in the wait, but it has to be managed well so that the waiting itself does not become an idol. There's a scripture that was really special to me when I was in this waiting season, and it's in Psalms 31, 14 through 15. It says, but I trust in you, Lord. I say, you are my God. My times are in your hands. So trust says, even though I'm longing for something that I don't yet have, I can put my faith in this good God who is ordering every single one of my steps. And I trust him for today, and I trust him for tomorrow.
1: Yeah, and part of this trusting is trusting God's timing. So I'm going to encourage you if you're single, man, don't, don't rush the process. The right person in the wrong time is the wrong person. And I know you understand that, so you want to understand that in this time, I'm going to trust God that His timing is perfect. And if you're like me, I'm like, God, let's get it done, like, right now. And and for us, our story was, man, there was years and years and years where God wanted to develop something individually in us before He did it together with us. Here's a second one, and I want to encourage you to now not just trust God, but pursue God. There's a, a ability to pursue God in your single days that is unmatched. And I want to just challenge you with that. The the greatest people serving should be those that, man, it's just, I'm, I'm single. I'm, I'm doing stuff great for God. I'm, I'm showing up early. Paul actually talks to us about the advantage you have being single, that you can do things that a married couple can't do. Um, I, I just think it's so huge that you re- recognize that there's a, a moment that God's got you in to pursue him and make the most of it. Hebrews eleven six says, he rewards those who earnestly seek him so you will never you will never regret those moments of serving God of pursuing him of making the most of those times
0: yeah and something that's often not talked about within Christian circles is the very real desires for physical intimacy that a lot of singles have you know the church does a good job of teaching that sex is best is to be expressed um, throughout the covenant of marriage that's how God's given it but oftentimes, singles are just told, well, don't do it. Don't do it. And there's not a lot of talk about, well, what do you do with these very real urges and cravings that, that you have? Um, a few weeks ago, we did the 21-day fast, and one of the things I gave up was coffee. And it was very – was, I was going from about four cups a day to zero.
1: It was not good for any of us. <laughs> it's not good at the Burke House. I, I, listen, I'm the pastor of the church. I almost ended the fast. Just because of the conflict that was going on in our marriage.
0: It was serious. But um, while the craving was very strong, it was as I surrendered it to him that I found a new intimacy and closeness with God that I would not have had if I hadn't given up that desire. And in a much more pressing way, when we surrender these desires that we have to God and we choose to honor him in this he fills us up in a new and intimate way that we would not have, have been filled up otherwise. So if you are experiencing of this, I want to encourage you in two things. And that is, number one, turn your desire for intimacy into an intimacy with God. These feelings are not meant to punish you at all, but it's meant to redirect your focus off of the world and onto God. And the second thing is just pay attention to any underlying needs that you might be having behind this. A lot of times people are in search for love or acceptance. There might be a need for comfort or an escape from stress, purpose, accept- there's so many things. If you identify what it is behind this, you can see, God, how can I meet this and honor you while I'm still single?
1: Yeah, the third thing is simply this, is you're going to trust God, you're going to pursue God. And the third thing is, and let me just make it real practical, make a difference. When you're single, make a difference. Don't wait around for a spouse to change the world. No, 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 no. You can change the world. And I want to honor my uh, wife because I don't know anybody that did singleness better than Katie. And d- when we broke up uh, that first time, it was pretty tragic. And it was pretty terrible. But um, I remember that time, it was, it was the most, I think, that Katie ever really discovered who God had created her to be. And growing in, who, in her calling and during that time, she went into nursing school. She would have never done that if, if, if we were dating. So she found her passion and she, she completed nursing school, which was a big deal. And then at the same time, she always had this heart to do missions work. And she, you know, a huge fan of Mother Teresa and the work that she's done around the world. So you don't know this about Katie Burke. Let me just brag on her. She, during our time of, of singleness, she got on an airplane by herself, single, like 20 something year old woman, flies to Ethiopia lives in Ethiopia for months, and many times backpacking, taking buses from one Mother Teresa home to another Mother Teresa home, serving the poor and the the people that are helpless. Like, in this time, and I'm just looking at her going, like, I'm seeing this on our MySpace, you know, I'm just checking this out. Not even part of the top eight anymore, just looking at this, and (laughs) dated herself a little bit there, but... But I recognize and go, man, it was challenging me. And I, rec- I looked at this, and I was like, man, she's changing the world. And it challenged me to change the world. Andy Stanley says this phrase that we use often here. It says, are you who the person you are looking for is looking for? Wow. So don't, don't try to fix them. Don't try to, man, I just I want a person with this list, this list, list, list. Change the list and make the list about who you're going to become. <laughs> And I love that during this time, we were able to become who God's called us to be. I was able to get a lot of selfishness out of my life. Katie was able to pursue a lot of callings. And through that, we were able to be successfully single. So let's go into our second... Uh, season.
0: Yeah, we're going to talk about dating now. And there is unfortunately not a magic formula or a blueprint in the Bible about dating. And it was written in a very different cultural time, but there's so much information in the Bible on how to be in relationships with people. So there's so much wisdom.
1: Yeah. And I, as soon as I, we said the word dating, some of you guys are like, I got that one. I'm good at that one. Let me just encourage you. You don't want to be the expert on this one. Okay. <laughs> We have our serial daters at Radiant, and I'm looking at the camera because I know who you guys are at the Heights, and I'm um, not even going to call you out like that, and St. Pete, you know who you are. Um, but you, you don't want to be that person that becomes an expert in this. So my goal in this is that somebody's going to share this message because we're just going to give you a couple keys in dating well so that you can do it well the right time and do it well um, so that you can honor God with it and so I just wanted to start by saying that all dating should have a purpose and the purpose is not fun the purpose is actually to honor God and to say God is this something that has a future and so you want to ask yourself three questions and I think these questions are huge if you're in the dating season and so let's dive into the questions.
0: The first question we have to ask is, what am I looking for? And I have a story for this. And I was very excited today because this is the first time Aaron has ever heard this story. And um, it's... Bring it to me. We talked talked earlier about First Impressions, but I want to talk about the first time I was attracted to Aaron. And I was like, I think that there's actually some potential here. So, but I have to start with a caveat.
1: I'm a little upset that this took so long. I
0: know.
1: I know. The first time I've talked myself into the fact that he was attractive. like, But go ahead. Get the story.
0: Um, yeah. So the caveat i start with is that this was 20 years ago. We were very different people then. So this story is in no, no way a reflection of how we enjoy spending our time these days. That's Right. But, but, okay, so back then we were always like, hey, we just want to have a random adventure together. Let's just find the weirdest thing we can possibly do and just go do it. So this one night we were like, hey, there's, there's this cow pasture up the road. Maybe we can get in and just see how close to a cow we can get. Maybe we can ride one or just pet one. I don't know what the intention was. But we got a group of friends together. I think we dressed in black or camo or something. We found the cow pasture, got in, and we were just being really dramatic, like just army crawling through it, like laughing and stuff, taking pictures. And there was maybe, in my mind, there was maybe like 40 cows in the distance, and they were just big things and stuff. We were making it closer. And then as we got closer, something startled the cows. And in one swoop, they all just kind of looked over in our direction, And then they started taking off towards us like a full-on stampede in our direction. It sounded like the ocean. I will never forget it. So we are terrified. It's not funny anymore. And we are trying to get out of this this pasture as fast as possible. So we take off. And this girl in our group, I see her fall. And out of the corner of my eye, I see Erin. I'm like, oh, he's going to help her up but he does this li- flying <laughs> leap over her and keeps running, pushing people out of his way and gets there be- way before anybody else does. And so this is 100% true. This is no exaggeration, but I, we get to the end and we are, uh, you know, everybody survives. The girl is okay. And we get there and I look over at Aaron and he's, he's like, you know, 6'3", super skinny. He's probably, he used to wear this Ninja Turtle shirt all the time. He's probably <laughs> wearing that. And he's just dripping sweat. And I am, no exaggeration, I look over at him and I'm just like, Aaron looks really outdoorsy right now. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> I think, I didn't know he was so rugged and he's just a fast runner. <laughs> And that was it. But my point in the story is that we cannot trust our feelings. They are not a good judge of character at all. So let me give you a few non-negotiables that you need to be looking for. And luckily, Aaron does have these. But um, the first is look for someone godly. And that means don't, don't just trust that they say they're a Christian or that they're at church every Sunday But ask, is their very life, their speech, everything about them. Does it reflect the very nature and character of Jesus Christ? Now, Aaron and I are both very imperfect people. We are. But we genuinely love the Lord. And it's through our relationship with God that he's been the one that's taught us how do we love each other? How do we forgive? How can we be faithful to each other? Everything that is good in our marriage is because of the Lord. And so make that a priority make that your non-negotiable and the second thing is have a friendship with each other because beauty fades and that out of control infatuation feeling it doesn't last it steadies out over time it becomes much deeper but find someone that you can laugh with and that you can have a good conversation with because that will last throughout your entire married lifetime
1: and i would just say this also when you're dating look for these can we just look for these for a little bit? So, Katie, uh, I'm just going to have you help me with this. Um, so, you're dating them and they're controlling. What is that? Okay, that's a red flag right there. All right. All right. They're uh, a little manipulative. A big red flag right there. All right. Uh, uh, they listen to country music. Okay. And, uh, I'm, okay. <laughs> sorry. 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 They don't love Jesus. Okay. Big red flag. Okay. We understand the red flag. Uh, they treat... Their family bad, or especially their mama bad. Big, big red flag, right? Red flag, red, red flag. Um, uh, they don't laugh at your jokes. <laughs> big red flag. Um, uh, they, they don't eat your desserts that you make. Red flag, red flag for you. Um, they, they, they're mean to puppies. They're mean, that's a red flag, red flag, red flag. All right, they're mean to cats. See, see? I like cats. That. That's, why, that's why we're match made in heaven right here. Can I say this about dating? And this is the best advice I can come up with. If you don't miss anything, if you don't get anything else, listen, don't miss this. And somebody shared this message with you for this one purpose right here, so lean in. You don't date someone based on potential. We are a faith community, and we choose to believe the best in people, and we believe that people can change, but that gets people in a lot of issues when it comes to their dating relationship. So can I encourage you, do not date based on potential, date based on patterns. And I know that's real harsh, but let me tell you, patterns reveal a lot. And I'm a firm believer that God can change anybody, but sometimes people don't change. So you have to understand, I'm dating a pattern that if the pattern does not change, I am okay with this. So that is, is you know, got to know what you uh You know what you're looking for here's number two is why are we dating just ask why are we dating what's the purpose of this is it to have fun or is it for a future and i believe all dating should have with the intention of going is there a potential for a future in this relationship that doesn't mean it needs to start out on like date number one like hey when do you want to get married you'll scare them off like that's not okay but i do think you need to guard your heart proverbs says above all else guard your heart so to give your your heart to this person and this person and this person, it's just not healthy with your life. So you need to make sure that you're very careful because every single person you date, you are gonna take from that relationship some baggage and bring it into the next relationship. And, and I'm so uh, glad that Katie and I, we were, we were the first major relationship either of us had. So we walked into it free. But I remember even coming back into a relationship the second time, Um, there were some people we had dated. And now we had to work through some of that baggage of that. And that's tough. So just guard yourself and ask yourself a question. If I don't see a future with this person, I'm not going to give them my time. It's not worth it. Can I hear a good amen? And then uh, the last question that you need to ask in dating.
0: Third question is, how should I date? Dating as a Christian is going to look a lot different than the world around us. So there's a couple, there's many things. We're going to give a couple different pointers. Um, The first is to set some boundaries. And that obviously does mean emotional boundaries. You don't want to share everything too much too fast, but also set some physical boundaries. A common question people ask is how far is too far? But um, I think that's a bad question because that's like saying you give me a line and I'm going to get away with as much as I can before I get to it. But um, it's kind of a heart issue. The Bible tells us to honor God with our bodies. So a better question to ask is, can I honor God while I'm doing this? And then making your, your standards based on that. There's a quote by C.S. Lewis that says, indulgence brings fog. And how many of you know that in the heat of the moment, all good judgment <laughs> goes out the window? So make sure that you make these boundaries ahead of time and that you communicate them early on.
1: Here's the last thing on dating. Be creative. Have fun. And just let me just say this, ladies, raise the bar and what you expect in creativity with them. So, so let me just tell you, they need to take you to nice places. They need to open that car door for you. Men, can I just encourage you? Put some intentionality behind your relationship. And I, I think we, if you were at the marriage conference this weekend, one of the one-liners that I walked away with that I'll forever say is the universal love language is Effort. Effort is a universal love language. It doesn't matter what you want. Let me tell you, effort makes a difference. So men... Put some effort behind it. I, it was my favorite thing about dating was simply the fact of going, man. How can I come up with some creative, out of the you know ordinary way to show her that I care? And and I just think it sets a precedent for the rest of your life. Because guess what? Now that we're on dates, I'm trying to one up those dates from before, and and because I always want her to understand that I value and that I love her, and that started in the dating season. So be creative, have a lot of fun, and um and I we, we're gonna pray for you in a little bit that God would bless your season that you're dating. But let's get into the last one today.
0: The third season is marriage, and we are going to start right at the beginning of the Bible with this. Before sin ever entered the world, we see God's beautiful design for marriage. Genesis 2.24 says, a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. So I have we have five kids, and I would not be able to describe to you, if I wanted to, how much I love them. It was, from the moment they were created, it was immediate. It's completely unconditional. It's, um, you know, I would do anything for them. I would protect them at all costs. I would give my life for them. And this is, a lot of you relate very well to this. This isn't out of the ordinary for a parent at all. But um, what's a little harder to understand is that while the bond between a parent is very powerful, The strongest and the closest and the most powerful relationship that God has given us between two people on earth is actually between a husband and a wife. We see in our scripture in Genesis that we love our children, but we raise them to one day leave us. But we were one time separate people, but now God has fused us together supernaturally, and we've been given the task to love and care and honor each other as if we were doing it for ourselves. So culture would tell us that marriage is expendable, and marriage is about what can I get out of it, and how can you make me happy, and divorce is an option. But the way God sees it is that we are to be virtually indestructible. Yes,
1: very, very good. So part of this is let me just give you a couple things that I think you need to do. Number one, you need to make sure you invest in your marriage. For those who came to EXO this last weekend, thank you. Thank you for investing in your marriage. For those who go to counseling, thank you for, go, for investing in your marriage. Katie and I make it a point to intentionally invest in your marriage. Let me just say this. Whatever you invest in, that you're able to reap from. So, for instance, you invest some money in the stock market, you can reap money from the stock market. You invest in golf lessons, you reap in a better golf game. You invest in your business, you will reap from your business. I, I invest in my family, I reap from my family. And honestly, there's been seasons where I was heavily, heavily investing in the church. And guess what? I was able to just see the fruit of lives being changed. It's it's such a blessing. But I realize that if you don't intentionally invest in your marriage, nothing else is going to bless your marriage. So I have to make it a point to say the most important investment I make, other than my personal relationship with God, is my relationship with Katie. And so uh, we try to do weekly date nights. It is a must for us that we get time together every single week. Um, I, have given these out to a bunch of guys and they're going to be really upset right now because I'm going to give away their whole secret because they told everybody, they told their spouse that, that they came up with these date night questions, but, um, I stole them from Michael Hyatt. He has a date night question and I'm going to throw them up on the screen. So if I were you, I'd take a phone and I'd take a picture of them because these are the questions we try to ask each other every week. And they're great questions for you to do that. Look at all you guys. I'm just going to smile. Because what are we going to do? We're going to invest in ourselves. A couple other things that we do to practically invest in ourselves is we try to read books together. And we try to read a marriage book together. Almost every year we've done that for 11 years of marriage. Why? Because we're going to invest in each other. We go on a vacation together. Notice I say together. That doesn't include our children. I meet couples all the time. They've never done a trip away from their kids. Let me tell you, that's not healthy for your marriage. There's things that we do together on our vacations that we're not going to do when our kids are in the room. For, for, for God be the glory. Like, I don't want to scar them for life, right? So it just got weird. But do you know what I mean? And I, I think we have to get to a place where we go, the, the most intentional thing I'm going to do is invest in my marriage. And let me just say this. Whatever you feed will always grow. And whatever you starve will die. So if you feel like that marriage is dying, it's because somebody stopped investing in it. So start investing in it. Start feeding it. And watch what happens.
0: Yeah, and if couples aren't careful, then over time it can be very easy to start to just begin to drift apart from each other. So connection and is so important as we invest in our marriages. And it really is a holistic thing. Three things. First of all, you have to make sure you're connecting emotionally. And that's a lot of what Aaron talked about, just spending time. Several times in our marriage, we just realized we feel like we are on two different pages on everything. We are just going in two different directions. And as we examined it, the common factor was usually always just a lack of time together. So have great conversations, make great memories together. Second thing is make sure you're connecting physically. And this is as simple as just holding hands out of the store, cuddling, giving hugs. It's actually something that happens in your brain. It's called the bonding hormone is released just by physical touch. It deepens intimacy, it decreases stress. Make sure you're doing that and life gets busy. So if you have to put sex on a calendar to have it, then go ahead and schedule it. Somebody
1: hadn't taken notes the whole day until she said that right there. They're like, listen, pastor's orders. <laughs> they said to do it. I mean, a guy just elbowed his wife. I just saw it. So, like, hey, pay attention to what she's saying right now.
0: But it is a way to love and to serve each other. So just be intentional about that. And then <laughs> the third thing is make sure you're connecting spiritually. And... Uh, It's a beautiful thing when a couple is able to pursue God together. But even if you are married to an unbeliever, everybody in here is able to pray for their spouse. And every single day I pray for Aaron. And sometimes my prayers are actually very quick and easy, but they are consistent. And what happens is as I pray for him, my heart really softens towards him. I feel closer to him, even if he's not in the room. There's something supernatural that happens when we pray for other people.
1: Yeah, and let me just say this phrase right there. It's in your notes that the grass... It's not greener on the other side. It's greener where you water it. So if you are so upset because that couple looks great and they've got it all together and that guy or girl shows you all that attention, no, 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 no. You, you water the grass where you are at. You invest in your marriage and watch how God will bless it. And Radiant, you got to do this better because I see the attacks of the enemy on your marriage right now. Make it a point. Go on a date get some counseling, invest in your marriage. Number two, protect your marriage because the enemy wants your marriage to fail. Yeah. And Katie and I have realized this in our life that many times the attacks against our marriage are simply for the fact that he knows that what happens if this marriage goes under. I mean, the blessing of God, not just in our home and our five kids, but also in this church. And we realize the most important thing we do is to just invest and protect in this marriage, this relationship. Hebrews 13 says, let marriage be held in honor among all. In other words, treat it highly valuable. Treat it with honor. So, so we, don't, we, we make sure that it's protected like it was a priceless treasure that God had given us. So we're going to make the most of it. A couple things to do on this is simply is guard your eyes watch what you're looking at watch what you're looking at on social media katie has hundred percent access to everything that i have on my phone and i have access to everything that katie has on their on her phone there's no secrets with us in this thing why because we want to guard ourselves we want heavy accountability when it comes to our eyes because the enemy knows how to get you tempted with your eyes here's another one let me just tell you guard your relationships other than a professional counselor, there's nobody that I will talk to about my relationship with Katie. And why? Because I'm not calling up my friends going, I can't believe she did this. I, I, why? It's unhealthy. It's not, it's, I'm, I'm not talking to any uh, females around me telling them, well, can you believe Katie did this? Talk to me about this. No, 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 no. Because I know the enemy's looking for a foothold in this thing. He's looking for this. So guard your, your eyes, guard your relationships, and then guard your mind. Your mind will wander and if your mind ever wanders, going, I wonder what that person would be like, or I wonder what life would be like if it was if I wasn't married. No, no, guard your mind. Let me tell you, the enemy's after your marriage, but it's powerful if you'll stay together. And if you, it's powerful the example that you'll be able to show to the next generation.
0: Absolutely, and we have to get out of our head that marriages are supposed to be perfect. Yep. And the last thing that we want to do is come up here and say our marriage is perfect because conflict is normal. Yep. Anytime you're close to a person, you have that up-close look of all their weaknesses and quirks. and, And, you know, we're all sinful. We do things out of our own selfishness. Every marriage has problems because every person has problems. So the question is not what do I do if I have conflict, but when conflict comes, how do I manage it? We are, we are big advocates for counseling. Sometimes people just need a preventative thing or maintenance. Sometimes people have significant problems and need the expertise of someone else. Also, learning how to communicate. Communication is a huge problem and in, in reasons why we have conflict or why marriages are failing. And sometimes it's just because couples haven't been given the tools on how to listen wisely to each other. So many So many ways to help our marriages that are struggling, but I don't want to make it sound easy, and I don't want to minimize real problems because I do realize that there are significant issues in marriages, and there are very deep hurts that people are experiencing in their marriage relationships. And so um, I don't want to minimize that. But I do want to say that no matter how bad it looks, nothing is hopeless with God. Romans 12.12 tells us, Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. And if I can summarize that for you, it's find your joy right now in your hope continue being patient even though the trouble seems so so hard right now and keep praying keep praying there is always hope
1: last thing that we'll leave you with is when it gets tough when it gets difficult when the marriage seems like it's under attack I just want you to do this last thing is remember the purpose of marriage why did God put you in this and um and part people are like well I'm not happy anymore well who cares if we're happy we're not called to be happy. We're called to be holy. And so, so we're not pursuing that. But I just want you to know that, that there are some purposes. This is a whole other message for a whole other day. But let me, I preached it about a year or two ago about the real purposes of marriage. But I'll give you the four words. They're right there in your app. They're not in your paper notes, but you can write them down. It's only four words. That God gives us measure, I mean, marriage for our pleasure. That it's great that we can have a good time. You should have a blast. You should have fun. There is a pleasure that's in marriage. Also, for, for procreation, for the fact that you know what, that there's, a, there's children that he wants to give you, and, and maybe that's through adoption or through that's biologically, but I believe that, that we're called to be fruitful and multiply. But it's also for pruning. And let me just say this it's that God wants to make you better, there's a sanctification process that happens. And let me tell you who helps me get better more than anybody else my spouse. Because the voice of the Holy Spirit most of the time sounds just like your spouse. You just ignore it. So he puts you there to make you better. And the last one, and I'll close with this, is proclamation. Proclamation, what does this mean? It means to proclaim the good news of the gospel around the world. The best example of the gospel today is a healthy marriage. A marriage done God's way is the best example. And my desire and my prayer is as you see us, despite our flaws and despite our frustrations and all of our issues, that if you don't know the Lord today, if you do not have a relationship with God, you should be able to look at a Christian marriage and go, if God loves me the way he loves her or she loves him, then I want to accept that love in my life. Couples, people should be able to look at you and go, if God communicates to me the way that you communicate to your spouse, then I want a relationship with him. And my prayer for my kids and for our church is that people will be able to look at Katie and I and be able to genuinely say, if God God loves us the way they love each other, then I want that love in our life. And I'm telling you, that's the way that you should live your life. That's the the message we should bring. So we're going to do this right now. We're going to take a second. And we're going to pray for two groups of people in all of our locations as we close out. The first group, you're in one of those seasons of life. And you're getting restless. And you're getting frustrated. And I'm going to ask Katie to pray over you. The second group, and I just want you to see me right now. Because you don't have a relationship with God. And I want you to know you can and I want you to know that before you were ever even formed in the womb, God loved you and has a plan for your life. And he created you. And, and he didn't just create you for to have fun or to have some marriage. No, he created you for a relationship with him. And we're going to give you that opportunity in just a second. So why don't you do me a favor? You're sitting next to your boo, your person. Come on, why don't you grab their hand it's Katie's praying over you. And I'm going to believe God's blessing over you during this time.
0: Lord, we just praise you right now for your faithfulness. We praise you for your goodness, Lord, and your, your sovereign nature, Lord. We know that we can put our times in your hands, whatever our times look like right now. So, Lord, I, I just lift up... All our single people in here, people who are walking in that season, Lord, that their eyes will be fixed on you and you alone. Lord, that you will breathe purpose into them and your plan, that you will bring, breathe contentment into them, Lord, that they will be so fulfilled just walking in your presence. Lord, I pray for those who are dating right now, Lord, that you will give them wisdom as they as they look around, as they figure out how to date. What does this look like? Who is the person for me? As they ask all these questions, what, is it, what does it love look like? How do I love another person? They're in this growing state. Lord, I pray that you will give them all that they need to know that your favor will rest upon them with the people that they're with with the people that that you're bringing into their life. Lord, I pray for wisdom. Lord, I pray for kindness and compassion to just cover them, Lord. And Lord, we pray for our married couples in here. Lord, that you will root them together in love and that they will serve each other with faithful love, Lord, as they look to you as the ultimate guide, as we follow your example of how you love us. Lord, help us to love each other better. I pray that you will rescue the marriages, Lord, right now that are dying. Lord, you are our great rescuer. You are our savior. And you, that includes our marriages. So Lord, I pray for hope. I pray for life, Lord, into each of them. And I thank you, Lord. You are trustworthy. You are good. We give all our times to you in your precious name.
1: Now, with every eye closed, every head bowed, if you don't have a relationship with God, I want you to know God loves you and has a plan for your life. And if you're separated from God because of your sin, I want you to know that God has given you an opportunity right now because of what Jesus did on the cross to store that relationship between man and God. So what do you have to do? You have to surrender your life. This is your moment of simple yet significant decision to say, you know what? Today's my day, Aaron. I'm giving Jesus my life. It's not about restoring my marriage. It's not about getting married. It's about restoring the most important relationship, and that's I'm giving my life back to Jesus, or I'm giving them to Jesus for the very first time. That's you. Whatever location you're at, I'm going to have you respond in a bold way right there in your seat by throwing that hand up when I count to three, and I believe God's going to meet you right there. One. Two, come on, be bold if this is your day of salvation. Three, come on, throw that hand up all over this place. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you in the back, thank you. Thank you at Heights and North Tampa, St. Pete, Clearwater, Brandon. Come on, keep that, throw that hand up, put it right back down. Thank you, thank you. Those online, thank you so much. Why don't we all pray this prayer together before we close. Say, dear Jesus, today I give you my life. Thank you for dying for me. Forgive my past my present, and my future. And for the rest of my life, I'm going to follow you. Be my Lord and be my Savior. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody that believes it says, come on, at all of our locations, can we celebrate lives that were just transformed? Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For service times or giving options, visit us at weareradiant.com.